Hey guys, Storehouse Media, me and Gom on the mic. We're back. Israel on the tech table uh, for the second to last time. For the second to last yeah, time. Yeah, Israel's, Israel's moving up to old San Antonio. Uh, so it's I don't know who's going to be on the tech tables at that point. I guess who is going to be on the tech tables? I mean, honestly, it looks like we're just going to be our own little tech tables right here. This is oh, just, okay. We're just going to record yeah. right here, so... Well, we're we're going to continue going. We thank Israel for everything he's done, but yeah. he's moving on to bigger, bigger and better things. Yep. Yep. So, with that being said, we're still going to have to somehow throw in Israel in the tech tables, though. Yeah. I don't know that we can just move forward without saying that. Well, I mean, like we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to say, hey, um, it's, you know, me and Daniel and Israel's spirit on the tech tables. Yeah, there we go. There yeah. we go. He's with us in spirit. Yes. Colossians chapter 2, I think. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I mean, we had a blast last week talking about the throne room of heaven. It was a good one. Uh, have gotten some good feedback. I don't know if you have heard much, but yeah. um, gotten some good feedback on that one. And I'm still getting feedback on the Quenching the Spirit mm. episode as well, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but this week, we are going to move into a spiritual discipline uh, that I would argue, and I think that Gama would probably agree with me on this, uh, is... is the most important spiritual yeah. discipline, the most powerful spiritual discipline yes. that we have. Uh, and we are going to talk about prayer. Yeah. And so just to, I don't have a reference off the top of my head because I didn't write it down, but when we look at things like prayer, I, I feel like everyone, for the most part, struggles with prayer, right? Yeah, like, I would agree. Scripture reading is something very easy for me. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of the disciplines, fasting, all that stuff is very easy for me. But the one thing that is very difficult for me uh, is prayer. Yeah. It really is. And and it's interesting because if you go through the four gospels, there's never a point where the disciples come up to Jesus and ask that he would teach them to preach or that they he would teach them to, to fast or teach them to do miracles. He, but they do at one point come and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Mm. And so prayer is something the disciples sought out. Prayer is something that Jesus was was very regular in practicing. Yes. Uh, and in fact, prayer is so important that we have an entire book of the Bible that is prayer and it's 150 chapters and it's called the Psalms, right? Yeah. Like, so prayer is a very, very powerful thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that we're called to do. And if I could, because this is just kind of slapping me off the top of the head here, uh, I want to read a parable really quickly from Luke chapter 18. Uh, Jesus or Luke says this, he says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Mm. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, uh, there was, I'm sorry, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who feared, uh, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of the city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I do not fear God or do I care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets her justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Mm. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he, this unjust judge rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God, who is just, yeah, will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Yeah. Will he keep putting them off? And then listen to what he says in in verse 8. I tell you he will he will grant justice to them quickly, but when the son of man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? Mm. And that actually reminds me, now that you just brought that up, it's actually in Luke 11, which is a parallel to what we're going to be reading about the Lord's Prayer. And after the Gospel of Luke teaches or tells the account of, of Jesus' way of praying, right? It says in verse 5, it says, Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story, which is my favorite, man. Mm. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight mm. wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. Yep. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, 
If you keep knocking long enough, he will he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Mm. That, listen, I, here's what I love about that little illustration that Jesus shares. Yeah. That is treating God like he is God. Yeah. Right? If God is God, wouldn't we want to pray to him? Yeah. Right? Uh, I think about a passage in Matthew chapter 21, verses 21 and 22. Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, you can do all things. You can do... NLT is throwing me off. You can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, you may be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. Yeah. Right. And I think one of the, one of the easiest tells as to whether we really believe God yeah. is how much we pray. Mm. It really is. Yeah. If we believe God's word and if we believe that we have a God in heaven who's yeah. sovereign and omnipotent and omniscient and perfectly yeah. wise, then our life should produce prayer. Yeah. And and one thing to clarify with this, because, man, if you get a grasp at this in the wrong way, mm-hmm. all you are is treating God like an ATM. Yes. You're like, God, I want this miracle. Mm-hmm. God, I want this finances. God, I want this house. God, I want this job. You're going on and on and on. And the thing about God, and we've heard it before through social media, through a lot of really wise pastors and preachers, that God is not an ATM. Yeah. Right? God is not a transactional God. He's an interactional God. Yes. So when the Bible tells you to ask and you shall receive, it's because you have efficiently and correctly prayed to the Father. Yeah. And we're going to go over how that looks, yes. but people do it the wrong way. Dude, a lot of people's prayers are self-centered, mm-hmm. super self-centered. God, I just want this. God, I want that. And God, I want that. And to another point, there's another extreme where um, some people's prayers are just you know glorifying God, but then they forget that they have the yes. permission to ask. Yes. That was me yeah, for a same, long time. Same. I would not ask him for anything. Me neither. I, I yeah. felt bad for asking yeah. for something, but I just love seeing these passages we brought up where Jesus himself is telling us, ask. Yes. And if it's according to the will of the Father, dude, he'll give it to you. He's a good God. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He really is. And so with that being said, uh, we do want to offer uh, a skeleton for prayer, yeah. right? Because a lot of people would say, "Well, I don't know how to pray." You, uh, we normally run into two or uh, you know one of two issues: uh, either I don't know how to pray, or if you're anything like me, you know how to pray. But what tends to happen is you find yourself starting to pray, and within 45 seconds, you're saying things while your mind is somewhere completely different. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so. Uh, I want to pull a card from a guy named George Mueller, uh, which I'm not going to give a lot of backstory to that guy, but just know this. George Mueller opened like, man, I don't remember. He opened orphanages. Mm. uh, And in all of it, the only thing he'd ever done is he put a donation box in the back of their church. He wouldn't receive a check. He he refused to receive a check. He put a donation box in the back of the church, and then he just prayed. Wow. And the funds came in to open orphanages, schools of theology, like all kinds of different stuff. Uh, George Mueller was a man of prayer. That's what he was known for. Wow. But he struggled a lot with prayer early in until essentially what he had done is he started going to the New Testament and reading the New Testament verse by verse. And he would sit on each verse for long periods of time in meditation, allowing it to warm his heart wow. and motivate him yeah. into prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, prayer, mm. you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, and so what we hope to do today, just for you guys, and and I, I, I want to, hopefully you guys are reading scripture, right? And that's another yeah. podcast that we can do. Yeah. Hopefully you guys are reading scripture and hopefully you want to pray and maybe you're just going, okay, I don't know how to get to that spot. And so what what the goal is for this podcast is not necessarily to teach you how to pray, but it is to give you cuz Jesus in in the Lord's prayer he makes it very clear, yeah, he right? Does. But let's take the Lord's prayer and let's break this down and we're going to add something in, right? So if you think about scripture reading, you think about prayer, those are both very good things. Yes. 
But oftentimes there's this middle ground discipline that we lose sight of that warms our hearts for prayer, mm. and it's called meditation. Wow. So we want to look at Scripture. Yeah. We want to meditate on Scripture, and we want that to motivate us into a place of prayer. And so in order to do that, we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. Uh, and I do want to set a little context because I do want to make a point really quickly before we jump into it. But I'm going to start by reading verse 7. Yeah. Jesus speaking, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the, as the Gentiles or the non-believers do. Yeah. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Mm. I want to highlight that for this reason. Yeah. There's a lot of people very strong in the faith yeah. that would insist that prayer needs to be one or two hours, right? Yeah. And listen, if you pray for one or two hours, awesome, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had prayer time that has lasted one hour, two hours, mm -hmm. but that is not the regular for me. As much as I would love for it to be, it just yeah. isn't. But I can also say this, prayer is a very, I do, I set aside, I carve aside time in my day to pray, right? Yeah. I'm not the guy that's like, well, I'll just pray as I go. Mm. I carve aside time in my day to pray, but also I do pray very periodically throughout the day, right? Yeah. And so, uh, I, but I, I want to emphasize something really quickly. Once you have prayed, you have prayed. Yeah. Right? Like, don't do this thing where you feel like you need to make up more time in your prayer because you're trying to prove something. And so you just keep saying the same things yeah. over and over and over, right? Jesus actually warns us against that sort of thing. Very clearly, do not. Like, they think they're being heard because they keep repeating themselves, mm. right? And a lot of us, and, and, and coming from, from the cult that I was in. They thought they were heard because they could work themselves up emotionally and make themselves cry. They thought they could be heard because they were screaming. They thought they could. There was all these things that made them think that they were heard. Yeah. Right. But none of it actually modeled. Like, and, and, and you know, this can go back to the Calvinist podcast that we did. Yeah. I don't want to model prayer off of what some other guy told me. I yeah. want to model prayer off of what scripture tells us. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Sola scriptura. Yeah. And so if we're going to look at what is prayer, the, there's only Two places in the Bible I would go. Yeah. Well, I'd go to all of it, but if I want a, a very clear model, yeah. Uh, it's it's this prayer, the Lord's prayer, and then it is the the Book of Psalms. Yeah. Those are the two things where yeah. I'm really going to sit, right? Uh, and you can go to some of Paul's prayers in in the various books, but that's I'm going to go to the Bible for prayer. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, let's move into the prayer. And so the way we're going to break this down, we're going to read it. And then we're going to go sort of piece by piece and just emphasize some different parts of what Jesus is saying to show how much meat is actually on this skeleton of prayer that Jesus gives us. Yes. And so uh, Jesus, after saying, don't be like these people because your father knows what you need before you ask him, he says, pray then like this, yes. not pray this, pray, pray like then this. like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then some of the other um, gospels will add on. or yeah. yeah, they'll they'll add on there. Uh, for to yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And if you want that in there... Add it because it's biblical, right? Yeah, like it is. there's nothing saying some people are like, well, that's not, it doesn't matter. Listen, yeah. read revelation four eleven, biblical. Um, so what we'll do is we'll break this down sort of piece by piece and just kind of talk about it. Uh, and so the first line, he says, our father in heaven, you, you have to notice the structure, right? Like yeah. the structure here is very important. Very key. Yeah. Jesus starts out. By saying, if you're going to pray, pray pray by acknowledging who you're talking to yeah, and make a request that he remain holy, yeah, right? Not that he could lose his holiness, but that our hearts, that we would keep him, we would revere him, yeah. right, as God. Yes, yes, yes. And so he starts out with who we're acknowledging, which first off, he doesn't say my, yeah, he says our. This is a communal father. Yes. This is not just my father, but it's also your father. And right? someone else's father. Right. And so when we pray, 
we 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 know that we're praying as a body, not just a single individual. Yeah, that's and so king. yeah, it is. It, it, he's the he's the father of the body of Christ, yes. the, the mass of the of the people. Yes, right. We have brothers and sisters in this. Yeah, and so he is our father. Um, but there's other things we have to take into account, right? Yeah. Uh, John chapter eight. Uh, John chapter eight verse forty four. Jesus says that we are children of our father, the devil, right now. Yeah. So with that, you, you like, what the heck, man? Yeah. Like when you look at, when Jesus says our father, that's a, that's a powerful statement Yeah. because we, we do belong to, right. Yeah. According to Ephesians two, we've been following the course of the prince of the power of the air, which is the devil, which is why we're children of our father, the devil, because we're born into this sinful place. And so when, when we say our father, we have to keep a doctrine, a biblical doctrine in mind. And that's the doctrine of adoption. Yes. Right. Ephesians one, five, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. Mm. And so to even call him father, to say our says, I'm not alone. Yes. To say father says I've been adopted. Yeah. That I didn't once belong to him. And that's but, key. Yes. That's key. But through Jesus Christ, through his death and his resurrection, through the spilling of his blood, him atoning for our sins, we've been adopted into the family of God. Yes. Right? And that's even, I'll turn to it really quick, uh, Colossians chapter 1. I always have trouble remembering exactly what the verse is because I get too many of these mixed up in my head. Uh, let's see. The book of Colossians is like a big blur to Man, me. it is. I feel like the whole thing says the same thing. Oh, it's so beautiful, though. <laughs> Uh, let's okay. Uh, Colossians one twelve, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and lights. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the yeah. kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of yeah. sins. So understand that when we look at the one whom we are acknowledging in heaven, yeah, we're not just saying, "Oh, distant God," yeah, or "Oh, benevolent God," or "Oh, stoic God." Yeah, we're saying our Father who sent his only son to lay down his life, to pay the debt for our sin, to rescue us out of the domain and slavery of darkness and bring us into the, into the kingdom of light, into Into the the kingdom of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever, whenever we say our father it's to say that we are the product of him. Like we are the product of our parents, right? Essentially they have, that's what reproduction means. Produce. We are, we are a product of them. We are, when you are a believer, when you accept Christ, right? When you, when you are saved, when you're regenerated, when you're reborn, you become a product of his grace. And essentially what a product of his grace means is exactly what Daniel said about the doctrine of adoption, that there was a point where you did not belong to God and you were ready to receive the full force of his wrath. But by his grace, you received sonship, you received um, daughtership, I guess you could say, right. adoption yeah. into his family. Yeah. And one thing to, to, to say, and this can go in many ways, right? But it's something to keep in mind. When parents go and they go to an orphanage or wherever they may go um, and they adopt, who chooses? Yeah. The parents choose. Yeah. God has chosen us, which is yeah. why Ephesians says that he has chosen us in adoption to his family. Yeah. When we say that we are children of God, it is much more than just like, oh, it's a lifestyle that I chose. Right. No, it's a serious thing that the blood of Jesus Christ Purchased. was poured because of you. Yeah. And it purchased you. Yeah. It purchased us. Yeah. yeah. And so with that, going off of what you just said, as as being uh, the product of him, yes, in Christ... Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned long ago for us. Yeah. Right? And so he is our father. Yeah. And we have been adopted in by the blood of his son to be sons and daughters. Yeah. And then he gives us a location. Our Father in Heaven. Mm. That's important. We went over this last week. Last week, man. We literally there is, went over. Yep. There is a throne in heaven and one seated on that throne. The third heaven, the highest of heavens, the highest of rank, the most sovereign and most powerful throne yeah. is where our Father sits. Yep. And we call out to Him. 
He holds all power. This is not our father on earth. This is not our father who has some power. This is our father, the one who is seated on the throne that is highly exalted and lifted up, whose train fills the temple, right? Who from his very presence, even in the holiness of heaven, thunder and light and and bolts of lightning are shooting out at his very being, who's surrounded by an emerald, (laughs) who has creatures flying around him day and night, crying out of how holy he is. They can't even look upon him, but cover their face with his with their, with their wings, wings, right? That's who we're praying to. Yeah. That's who we're call that's who we're calling Father. Yeah. By the blood of his son. So we could end there, right? Yeah. Like we could yeah. stop there and be like, yeah. that's enough meditation for the rest of your life. Yeah. To just stop and think on that. Yeah. That we've been called children of him. Yes. But Jesus goes on. Yep. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does hallowed mean? Ooh, man. You wanna you wanna go there? Let's go there. All right, let's do it. Hallowed. Um, let me let me get to that spot really quick. Um, let's see, there we go. Uh this is an important one. Yeah. It really is. And in a in a culture like ours, I definitely consider this to be important. Yeah. Because we have this idea, and we, you know, we talked about this a lot in the idolatry episode a while back. We yeah. have this idea that God is a lot like us, right? And and even when we last week when we talked about our God seated in the heavens and His holiness and how terrifying it is, and yeah. He's in unapproachable light and all this stuff, it makes us uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. And and for me, it's even sometimes I'm like, God, I I don't want you to be like that. You yeah. know, I want I want Him to be more like me, more because, presentable, right? Approachable. That's, yeah, that's a God that is down on my level. Yeah, but He is not that. Mm-mm. And so with that, because we live in a culture, especially that has got, you know, Jesus is our homeboy, you know, all this like very, I would argue very degrading, borderline blasphemous talk of of how we treat God and how we view God is so small and so human-like. Absolutely. Essentially, when we say, hallowed be your name, it's it's calling that his name would be consecrated. Yeah. Right? That it would be consecrated in our hearts, which is, man... It, there's a I think it's either first or second Peter, I can't remember, but mm-hmm. Peter says that the Lord Jesus Christ would be set apart in our hearts as holy. Mm. Right? Not he's not your coffee date. Yeah. He's not he's 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 Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings. He's the ruler of heaven and earth. He's the sovereign, right? I don't know how many more times I can express that. Yeah. But even beyond that, he's holy, holy, or holiest. Yeah. He's incomparable. He has no running buddy. He's the he's the burning bush in Exodus that when when Moses approached, the bush was on fire but not being consumed because yeah. the flame was self-sufficient. It didn't need the bush mm. to continue its burn, right? He's yeah. he's self-sufficient, he's self-sustaining, he's self-contained. He's he's life in and of itself. Yeah. He needs nothing outside of himself. Wow. We cannot downplay yeah. who he is. Exactly. And I'm right now currently uh on a heavy search for wisdom. Uh <laughs> And you know, I know I've been, guy. He's yeah, right. Song. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I've been going. I've actually been going through proverbs, yeah, and okay. and in in the side of that, I've also been reading a, a devotional book by Keller mm-hmm. on the proverbs. But I, what I like is like as I go through the proverbs, I can chew on them, you know, yeah. piece by piece. Keller says the proverbs are like the hard candy of the Bible. Yeah, you can't just bite into them. You got to really, really, you know, pull from them a lot. And so, yeah. um. But one thing I've noticed in my own reading and one thing Keller points out very clearly over and over as he categorizes the Proverbs is the necessity of the fear of the Lord, mm. right? That yeah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's by the fear of the Lord that we that we turn away from sin. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. There's yes. all these different Proverbs that talk about the fear of the Lord, and we're uncomfortable. We don't want a God we have to fear. Yeah. Nevertheless, he is a God you fear. Yeah. And it is important for us that we continue to be praying, hallowed be your name. Yeah. Hallowed be your name. Yeah. Because our hearts will very, very quickly... Turn to something else. All day. Yeah. I, I heard a story, uh, Paul Washer, huge fan, uh, 
when he was a young missionary, yeah. one of the first, I, I want to say he was in South America somewhere, but I don't remember where, but they would have to take this, like, I guess it was like a train cart mm-hmm. uh, to get to this certain destination before they could go into the jungles and, and start preaching the gospel. Mm. And you would you would pass by these gigantic mountain ranges, right? Yeah. Paul Washer said the first time he ever went, he passes by and he's just in wonder, right? Like he's yeah. so blown away by this mountain range. But the guy who was leading the trip for him was asleep. And he's thinking, he's like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. Like, does he even love, like, how do you just fall asleep with this kind of view? You know, he's yeah. blown away. He said he found himself 15 years later leading a young group of missionaries across the thing, sleeping in that same exact spot. He <laughs> said, you got to beg the question, why? Yeah. The mountains didn't change in their glory. Mm-mm. My heart just got tired of them. Got used to it. Yep. Yep. We will so quickly dole down the holiness of God. If we do not constantly pray, oh God, hallowed be your name. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. And it's and just like Dan was mentioning right before this, it's not that God's name would ever become less holy. It's literally your heart. It's yeah. a heart issue. It's yeah. not it's not to remind God, oh dude, oh yeah, I yeah. am holy. No, yeah. no, no. It's to remind ourselves that like, mm. we're put on this earth with our sin, with death, with temptation, to remind us of everything. Yeah. That's why we have to say, like, I mean, uh, David says it on the Psalms so many times, blessed be your name. Like, yeah. is his name, like, doesn't need to keep being blessed? No, his name is blessed. Yes. But it needs to be blessed on our lips. Yeah. Blessed in our hearts. Where yeah. we say the name of the Lord, that is blessed. Yeah. To fear him. At no point in the Bible does Jesus say, get comfortable with who God is. Right. At no point. No. The, the creatures up there in heaven are not comfortable with no. who, who God is. They are trembling in 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 admiration adoration fear like good fear yeah. of the lord knowing he holds the potential to destroy you spiritually and physically but knowing that he is such a good god yeah you know and i think if we're honest if he were not incomprehensibly holy yeah we would grow dull of him just like we would anything else yeah at ten thousand years into eternity we'd be so bored we want to kill ourselves even though that's a lot of time yeah it's limit that would that's a finite yeah if he wasn't if he wasn't incompre- incomprehensibly holy exactly infinitely holy exactly we would grow dull yep but we have someone infinitely holy to gaze upon for all of eternity yeah, yeah. and so man the prayer starts out by acknowledging our Father in heaven, yeah, and then a request that His name would be hallowed, yeah. And that doesn't just have to be in our hearts, but in the hearts of our brothers and sisters, yes, in the hearts of those who don't believe, in the heart, right? Like that's what we want. Yeah, we want God's name to be hallowed here. Yeah, and that's where the next part of the prayer comes in. Jesus says, "Your kingdom come." Yeah, right. And I like the NLT because it says uh, something along the lines of, "Your kingdom come shortly," or "Your, your kingdom come soon." And I like that because it it really it does two things. Yeah. You can say, Lord Jesus, your kingdom come mm-hmm. in in the the um the idea of the advancement of the gospel. Mm. Right? That we want right, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So we yeah. pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up workers yeah. to go out to the harvest. Yeah. And so we want that. We do. We want preaching to be filled with the word of God, with the power of God. Yeah. We want people being born again and being discipled into yeah. the kingdom. We want all that to take place. But at the same time, we want to pray along with the book of Revelation. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Yes. Right? Like, And so we it's it's almost a twofold thing when we say your kingdom come. Yeah. It is that we want other laborers into the harvest. Yeah. And it is that we want Christ to return and restore all things and bring us into glory. Yeah. It is. And so when you, when you think about that, and the, again, the reason we're doing this is to warm your heart toward motivation. Yeah. So... You get to that point, your kingdom come, you stop there and you go, Lord, look at all the people around me that don't know you. Mm. Look at all the new converts I know that don't know how to grow in you. Look at how few workers, how few mature men and women of God that we really have in the pulpits of the churches. Look at all the heretics and the wolves out there that are are leading astray the flock. Lord, your kingdom come, right? Bring men up to... Cry of yes, yeah, yes. Cry, and so we see how each one of these fragments of a sentence, yeah, 
is a heartwarming meditation yeah. to so many vast areas of prayer. It gives you no excuse to say, well, I ran out of things to pray about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you if you took even this first line, our Father in heaven, man, even if you don't know a ton about scripture, yeah. you've got 30 to an hour worth of prayer right there, 30 minutes to an hour worth of prayer yeah. right there. If you just really feast on each word that's in that. Yeah. So your kingdom come, and then he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that, I love that one. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I love that one is because, I now, I'm not, you know me, hopefully everyone listening knows me well enough to know that I'm not the guy that thinks that every time we pray for a sick person, they should be healed, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a health and wealth guy. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I actually don't like to do when I pray for anyone who's sick or injured or anything like that, I don't like to pray, Lord, if it's your will. Mm. I don't. Because in heaven there is not sickness and there is not injury. And so mm. I want to pray according to how it is in heaven. Yeah. Right. And it's not to say that people are wrong for praying that way. Yeah. But personally, that's not how I pray. Yeah. Uh, I pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so if I'm going to pray for the sick or if I'm going to pray for the injured or anything like that, I'm just going to pray for miraculous healing. Yeah. The end, right? Like that's where I am. I'm going to yeah. pray for their healing. Yeah. Um, and if God wants to do it, then he is, but I don't need to give him an out. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he, Lord, you, I give you permission to right. do your will. Right. Like he, I mean, Daniel <laughs> 435. Yeah. yeah. Daniel 435. He's in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. I don't yeah. need to, I don't need to back that up. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to pray with boldness. I mean, I know that his will is not, his overall will is not for anyone to be sick or injured mm. because his will in heaven is nothing like that. Yeah. But I also know that because of sin, death, and, and decay, that he's working things out differently. He's, yeah. he's, he's meaning and purposing our circumstances yeah. toward his glory in the end. Yeah. And so I think that's an important note. And I also think, and this is, especially when we're talking about believers, right? Yeah. People go, I prayed that, you know, they'd be healed from cancer and they weren't and they died. Like, where's God? And man, that's tragic for us, but it's not tragic for them if they're a believer. Yeah. Right. It really isn't. We in our our Western society really needs to get back on that phrase in Philippians that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Seriously. We're not there. We're like, oh my gosh, God abandoned them. And I'm like, no, God brought them into glory forever, right? We miss them. They are not thinking about us. They're having fun. Oh my gosh, man, they're exploding in ecstasy right now, you know? And so... Even in those moments where God, maybe you didn't think he came through, his plan was better. Yeah. And so, but, but again, with that, I don't need to pray God, if it's your will, do it. Yeah. And that's a good perspective because I find myself praying that like, Lord, if it's your will. Yeah. And I will admit that the one thing about that is uh, it's great intent, right? Mm -hmm. Great to say, Lord, it is, it It, is. It's to say, you know, Lord, although I have brought my petition to you at the end of the day, it's a, it's a reminder to myself, I'm okay with what your will is. But I will say this, when you're really caught up in saying, Lord, if it's your will, Lord, if it's your will, not that it's a bad thing, right? But it does lose, it does allow you to lose some faith and it, and it it allows you to, to diminish your boldness. And I mean, the the analogies and uh, not the analogies the the references of scripture that we brought in the beginning of this podcast about somebody asking and asking and asking like the guy knocking at the door didn't say hey neighbor like if it's your will can you come right he said no I really really want this and yes. I love that you brought that up because it really changes my mind like let's be more bold yeah. God's will will be done. Yeah. You have to be confident about yeah. that, and we can't change his mind. Be more bold. Like That's encouragement for me, I know mm-hmm. personally, and I hope it is for a lot of our listeners too. Yeah. And that's I, one thing. Um, Ephesians 1.11, man, he, he works everything according to the purpose or the counsel of his will, right? And yeah. so we know that that's going to happen, but we also know... And I don't, I don't, I can't justify these two things, Yeah. but we also know like scripture says in, in the book of James, it says that we have not because we ask not. In other words, there's certain things that we do not have in life because we're not asking God for them. There's certain people, listen, there are certain people in life that may not have been healed because we did not ask God. You know what I mean? Like, so when you think about all that, 
why not ask constantly? Like, what's it going to hurt? You go, oh, but what if I'm embarrassed? Well, it wasn't about you anyway. Yeah. Right? If you don't get it, oh, well. Yeah. God knows what he's doing. His wisdom is perfect. But there is this strange somehow working together parallel yeah. that God has a will and he's going to bring it to pass. And yeah. yet at the same time, he calls for his children to pray in faith to him because it moves his heart to act on our behalf. Yeah, And so there's nothing wrong with praying boldly. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for I'm it. I'm all for it. Yeah. What you won't catch me doing is going, because I prayed this, God's going to do it. Mm. I will never say that. Yeah. I will never say key. that. Yeah. Or to say, it, oh, I got to be careful with how I say this, but it's to say like if something bad happens in in our eyes, right? Because you just said it's it's bad to us, but it's not bad to God. Mm -hmm. But if something bad happened, it's not to blame someone for lack of faith. Right. It's not. Right. Um, It could be just like the word says, it could be that you had not asked enough, like you weren't bold enough. But like that has nothing to do with the amount of faith that you have. And the amount of trauma and the amount of like damage that a lot of people are doing to people within the church because they, oh, well, this happened to your parents because you didn't have enough faith. And like all that creates is insecurity when as brothers and sisters, we should be encouraging others to be secure in our salvation because it was never dependent on what we believed or didn't believe. It's dependent on what Christ did on that cross yeah. for us, you know? And I know, man, I know a fam I'm not gonna give any details at all, even the story, but I do know a family that something exactly like that happened. Mm. Uh and the you know in the end result, they man they ignored all the signs and all the advice from medical care because if they did go through with medical care, they didn't have faith. And didn't end well. They lost them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, God what, gave us medicine, right? Like that was sure. the thing. Like he gave yeah. us faith, but like, is faith going to get my car running on an empty tank? Right. Is like, right. God gave us earthly things. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Could, could he make your car run an empty tank? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he could also have you work a job and make a paycheck and get, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. So all that's there. Yeah. And so any, all that being said, when we pray, your will be done on earth is in heaven, man, stop, stop and think for a second. Yeah. Okay. Well, what is heaven like? Yeah. That's how we want to pray, yeah. right? We know that heaven is filled with the harmonious agape love. We know that heaven is filled with peace and joy and all these. Think on that. Think about those things. What is heaven like? And so when you're praying for God's will to be done, pray for those things. Yeah. My gosh, you got beef with with some family members or some friends. Pray for reconciliation, peace, yeah. and harmony. All of it. You can lay all that out there. Yeah. Right? I love that. So then... He moves on, and this is where we really start getting into personal requests. Mm. Everything up until this point has been very, very God-centered. Yes, it has. Right? Yeah. And now it starts to move toward us yeah. as as children again. Uh, but he says, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Now that, for Americans, is not a very common prayer, no. right? I think it's important to know that the only reason we have abundance is because God has blessed us with abundance. Absolutely. Right? Um, but there are people who that's literally what they're praying Yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Give me something to eat. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's also a proverb, man. I can never remember it. I remember hearing Francis Chain read it one time, mm. uh, and it was so good, but he was, a, he was essentially saying, uh, Solomon was saying, Lord, give me only enough Oh, I love that one. Yeah. I know exactly what I you're talking about. I can't think of what it is. It's in like 30 or 31. It says, it's like... Let me uh, let me start search it up. Uh, but he, while you're doing that, he essentially is saying, "Give me enough for today." Because if you don't give me enough, then I'm gonna stress and worry. But if you give me too much, then I'm gonna forget about you. And so he he's saying, and I think that's one part of this prayer uh, that that when Jesus says, "Give us today our daily bread," he's not just saying, "Lord, I I don't have food, so please give me food." I think he's also saying, "Lord." Provide for me what I need so that I won't forget about you. Yeah. Right? Like give us give us our daily provisions, but also keep us in a place of relying on you. And a lot of people don't want that because they're like, well, but isn't that stressful? Yeah. Well, it's not if you know your father in heaven. Yeah. Right? It just following this prayer, Jesus did a whole lesson on why we should not be anxious about anything. Because if you look at the birds of the field and the lilies of the yes. field, like what do you uh, did you find that verse? I did. Yeah, go ahead. It's Proverbs 30. Uh, it's technically verse 30. 9. 
Um, but I like what seven through nine says. Okay. You want me to read it? Yeah. It says in NLT, it says, Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me to never tell a lie. Mm. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Yes. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. There it is. And I was just thinking about this scripture and I was like, Where is that in scripture? Yeah. 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 That's a powerful. That should one. be our prayer. Yeah, that should, should be our prayer. It should have us at a place where we're in constant reliance on you, in constant yes. conversation, but not at a place of of yeah. complete and utter despair, but not also at a place of overindulgence. Yeah, and so I think that is something that could definitely be inside the category of yeah. "Give us this day our, our daily, daily bread. bread," because in the culture of this time. They worked by their denarii. Mm-hmm. They worked by their salary, yeah. which meant they got paid daily. Yeah. And if they didn't work that day, they didn't have they didn't have money to go to the market to buy food for the next yeah. day. It was a day by day dependence yep. on the Lord. When in our culture, it's a bi weekly dependence on the Lord. And for Be- some, not even that. Not even that. Some yeah. weekly. Some. It doesn't matter how you get paid. Yeah. But the thing is, like, we have accumulated enough to where we're like, okay, well, I'm set for the next two yeah. weeks. But it should be daily. Yeah. That's my prayer. I'm like, Lord, I know technically my paycheck last week gives me enough for the next two weeks. But honestly, you should still pray, Lord, let the food that I have be because you gave it to me, yeah. not because I earned it. Yeah. Because if you come to God and you say, well, God, technically like I worked for it. You know, you didn't really give it to me. Well, God also blessed you with two legs so that yeah. you could work, with two yeah. arms that so you could work. He could allow you not to work. Yeah. And then that prayer would become true in a very negative way for your life. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the other side of it. When we pray like that, we're constantly acknowledging and remembering God in thankfulness yes. for everything that we have. Yes. But at the same time, we're getting to the point, this this is the place also yeah. where we also start praying for everything else. Mm. Anything else. Yeah. You're single, man, pray for a woman or pray for a, pray for a guy, right? Yeah. If you if you want a better job, pray for a better job. If you want a better relationship with your family, pray for whatever you want. Pray right. for it. Man, what's wrong with it, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with asking God for yeah. things at all. Just don't be selfish. Yeah. And just know this, if you are incredibly selfish, she's hopefully not going to give it to you. That way you don't have that <laughs> idol in your life. Yeah. Um but I think that that give us give us this day our daily bread is an important part to really just stop. Yeah. And I would normally recommend starting with acknowledging the small things that God gives you every day. Mm. Right? And I would even say look at some former things that you had been praying for that God had given you. Oh, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And let that excite your faith. And then start to lay out more and more of your requests and pray for your brothers around the world. Yeah. You know, like that's one thing every time we go eat, you always pray to also feed those who don't have food, mm-hmm. right? Like that's something to pray. Yeah. I think that's important to keep out there. Yeah. Um, I have a friend actually, I love this. This is kind of off note, but uh, every time we'd go out to eat, his name is Alex Foley. Yeah. Uh, every time we go out to eat, it, 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 like we were at Chicken Express. Yeah. And he checks out and he turns to the cashier. He said, hey, before we eat, we're going to pray for our food. Is there anything we could pray for you as well? Oh, wow. He does that with waitress, wait, anybody. He does just what he does. And I'm like. I love that. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. Yeah. It really is. It's a good move. Um. So, yeah. Anyway, all that being said, man, yeah. this is the point where you, whatever is on your list of things, I don't care how tiny you think it is, pray for it. And and look at Jesus as a model of example, like because like me and Daniel had mentioned earlier on this podcast, like, I I know me personally, I used to be a person that I would never ask. Yeah, I felt too selfish. I, I felt too self centered to ask for a single thing. I'm like whatever comes my way is because God wants it that way. But God has really, really in glory to Him that He's opened up my heart to ask Him for things. But there's there is there is something there is a structure. Present your request to God. But always ended with saying, but let your will be done. Jesus at the Garden of of Gethsemane says, Lord, if this cup can pass by me, if this cup Mm -hmm. can doesn't have to come to me, Lord, but let your will be done. Jesus presented his earnest, genuine request to God the Father saying, Lord, if this could, please 
but let your will be done. Yeah. So if you're praying for a girlfriend, if you're praying for a house, if you're praying for a job, say, Lord, please, I ask you, let that happen, but let your will be done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in that, if there's any area where you're like, well, how do I know if I'm asking for mm. what's right? There's another add-in that you can put in there with mm. your prayer. Remember, we're giving you all this so that you have more or more in the arsenal. Yeah. Right? This isn't like you have to pray all these things every time. This is just things to be thinking about. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there's any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm. Right? So when you get to this... Give us our day, our day. Give us this day, our daily bread. And you're struggling with what, what you know. What about it? stop and go, Lord? You know my heart. Yeah. May the meditations of my heart be right before you know. All lay that stuff out. Yeah. And then sift through in your prayer life. And even like what you said, if 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 you're like, I, what if that isn't the Lord's will? Then you can say that, right? You can acknowledge that you'd rather His will be done. Yeah. I want to read. Um Psalm 34, 37, verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the mm. Lord, and he will give you what your heart desires. He will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Delight in God. Yeah. Give, he knows where your heart's at and what you really want. Yeah. He'll give it to you if you delight in him. And that verse right there in the amplified version, as mm-hmm. it breaks down the Hebrew, it's actually, when it talks about the desires of your heart, it means every secret petition. Mm. The things most hidden that you wouldn't even tell anyone. Yeah. What God would surprise you with? Yeah, it's insane. I God's good. <laughs> personal experience of that. Yeah, things that I would never tell anybody that I wanted or or yeah. felt I needed. Wow, and that they would come through. And it's so important, just like you mentioned earlier, to look at that and say, "I that was something I wanted. That was something I prayed about. Maybe you didn't pray about. It. If God gave it to you, see it as." God gave it to you. Yeah. Because I know in my life, when things that I pray about end up coming into my life, it's so easy for me to just think, well, oh, look, it eventually happened. Rather than like, Lord fulfilled my request. See it as the Lord fulfilling your request. And when you see it as like, oh, look, it eventually happened, you're not counting God as being a moving part in your life. You know, yeah. that's that's a personal thing. And I was like, I need to be more great, grateful to the God for what he's given me because I'm just seeing it as things that just ended up happening. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. So we move forward. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Yeah. This is a big one because this gives you the opportunity for confession. Yeah. Right? Uh, Whatever your sins, whatever your struggles may be, be confessing them before the Lord, asking for forgiveness. But also... Any areas where you're harboring resentment, yeah. this is the time to really stop and look into your heart, right? Yeah. And 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 if you're harboring resentment or bitterness or anger toward anyone, to be relieving them yeah. of that, to be forgiving others. Uh and and just understanding, man, I've walked with people through forgiving very, very, very difficult hurts, very painful mm. situations. And the freedom and the joy they encounter when they do because they realize they're getting to do the same thing their Lord did for them. Yeah. Right? Like, that's such a beautiful thing. And so we do, man, I strongly encourage at this point to be pouring out your sins before the Lord. Be pouring out your your heart, your idols, your everything before him, asking for forgiveness. We're not right with God by law obedience. We're right with him by forgiveness. Yes. So grab it as a gift, man. He's he's offering, he lavishes forgiveness on us freely. And so confess your sins before him yeah. uh, and make a regular practice of it. That's one of the, you know, we've read this a thousand times. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's First yes. John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Yeah. Be in confession, right? Uh, uh, Martin Luther said it well. He said the Christian life is repentance. Yeah. It is repentance. It is not a one-time repentance. Mm-mm. But as you're doing it and as you're experiencing God's forgiveness, you need to be forgiving others. Be examining your heart and knowing, yeah, right, whether you're whether you're harboring anything. That's so important. It's so important. It, it attains you from fully worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth when you have... Venom and and, yes. and 
toxicity within you by not forgiving others. Yes. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. And it, I, it's easier said than done. Trust yeah. me. We've been there. We've yeah. all been there. Everybody can say they've been through that. Yeah. But um, it, it's like you said, it's liberating. Forgiving is. others is liberating. And you just give glory and you give thanks to God. There has never been a time, there can never be a time where you forgive someone and it results badly. Right. It, Gosh, no joke, it, man. Like, there's just not, but what you find, what, what you find does happen is when if you store up that anger and, and, and that grudge, it, it just, like, I mean, I, I'm going to put a, a, a child example. When I was a kid and my brothers would do something to me, in a sense, like, oh, they would hit me or they would do something. When I would intentionally try to get back at them, it never would work. Right. Because it was done out of emotion. It was just done out of pure intent. And just God is good that he doesn't let those types of plans yeah. work out. The God said he doesn't let the plans of the foolish go on. Right. Right. In, in, in an adult life, it becomes much more than, oh, let me Ooh. hit you back. Yeah. No, you cause real damage. Yeah. And when you do it intentionally... And it doesn't work out. I mean, you're stressed and you're going, you're anxious and you're going crazy. You're like, man, I just, I'm trying to get this guy back. I'm trying to get this girl back and stuff like that. When you forgive, you just like, now I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. And now my heart, you're, you literally heal your heart and your mind when you let go and you forgive. Yeah. You really do. And, you know, interestingly on that, going off the adult side of it, um, as I've confessed on here a million times, I have some very serious issues with idolatry toward power, right? Mm -hmm. Intimidation, control. Yeah. Um, I had some, some drama kick off at one point, mm. um, somewhat recently. And basically I was being accused of some things that I, I definitely didn't do. Right. Yeah. And then when confronted that was told I was a liar and that I definitely did them. And I'm like, what? And none of this was said to me. It was said to someone else to be said to me. And so it was like, are you kidding me? And yeah. so at my instant reaction was, okay, well, I'm going to catch, you know, this one person specifically who's yeah. saying it by himself and we're going to have a little conversation. Yeah. Right. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to get physical with him. There's no need to, Yeah. but I'm definitely going to set the tone and let him know yeah. One, he's incredibly wrong, and two, I've definitely got the control in this situation. Yeah. Right. I was. It was intimidation, hands yeah. down, con confrontation, uh, that wasn't going to be done for the purpose of reconciliation. Mm. And I had a friend that told me, uh, "Hey, maybe we don't move forward like that. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's better that we kind of let this thing play out for a minute. And I mean, really, I had to, I had to relinquish control in that situation because first thing <laughs> I want to do, and it's not even. As much as I would say, oh, I'm going to resolve it Yeah. now, mm -mm. I'm going to scare the dude, Yeah. right? And so it's like, that's just not necessary. Yeah. It's not. That's not That's not Christ-like. Mm -mm. That's not going to bring about forgiveness. That's retaliation. Yeah. That's let me watch this dude quiver in my presence, yeah. right? That's how I was going to get him back. Yeah. And so it was a, It was just interesting to, to and it's still a struggle, yeah. right? Because there's I mean, still yeah. moments where I'm like, do you know who you're messing with, kid? You yeah. know, but like, I got to just... Just breathe, right? Because yeah. this is the Lord. And so I pray. I pray for myself that I would forgive. Yeah. Uh, I pray that God would forgive me for wanting to to put myself in his spot. Yeah. Right? If there's not repentance here yeah. with, with these with these other people, yeah. vengeance is the Lord's. Yeah. Not mine. Scripture says that. Yeah. And so it's like I want to pray yeah. that this gets reconciled and that that God's vengeance doesn't have to be involved, you know? And it's so hard to look at your enemies. Mm -hmm. And your enemies is not someone you hate. Your enemy is someone that does wrong against yeah. you. Keep that in mind. Yeah. It's hard to look at an enemy and say, I want to be reconciled with that person. Yeah. No, you want nothing to do Man. with them. And any confrontation you have, you want it to be negative. Yeah. You want it to be, hey, I want to let this person know how I feel. But when you look at a person... Especially an enemy, let your eyes see what the Lord sees. And yeah. That's reconciliation of His children. Of especially if they're a believer. Yeah, we're yeah. we're both children of God. That God has never intended us for to be separate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and that's one thing to keep in mind. Just on the note of enemies, man, what yeah. Christ prayed as they were nailing him to a cross. Yeah. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. The very people crucifying him. Yeah. Father, forgive them. Yeah. For they know not what they do. So, uh, forgive us as we forgive others. 
and then lead us not into temptation. Now, this is one spot where I did not like the wording for the NLT mm. uh, because the idea was more that God wouldn't allow us to yield to temptation. But mm. in the Greek, it literally says, lead us not. Right. Mm. Um, and it's not, again, I'm not going on to talk about how the, I don't think the NLT is heretical. Um, I think, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> but one thing to keep in mind, if you, you go into uh, Matthew chapter four, verse one, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Right. Yeah. The spirit's not tempting. God's not tempting. But the idea is that, I mean, who put the tree in the garden? Yeah. Right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil wasn't put there by Satan. Yeah. God himself put it there and said, don't eat it. Yeah. Right? And so we do pray, God, lead us not into that path. Yeah. And if he does, protect us from it. Yeah. Right? Per- exactly. Give us perseverance. Give us a, a greater love for you than we would have for this. Yeah. Um, but it's the, the biblical idea is not, God, don't let the devil lead us in. Yeah. God, don't lead us yeah. into it. Right? Exactly. That's important. Yeah, that is important. Um, and that's even thinking about the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, going back to that. One of the things Jesus tells the disciples, pray that you do not enter into temptation. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's that's something that's something that we should be doing and should be doing regularly. Yeah. Uh, but also know this, people. Um, don't, like, guys... I don't know, girls, whoever, don't be driving home ready to pull up your phone to watch porn and going, God, don't lead me into temptation, but if you don't take this away, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, if you're setting yourself up, right, you can't you can't premeditate sin yeah. and then be like, well, God led me to it. Yeah. No, your own evil desires led you to it, right? Yep. And one thing to know is that God does not tempt. No. Okay. He tests, sure. but he does not tempt. Sure. Tem- the difference between testing and tempting is God will test for the purpose of um, showing us where our faith is. Yes. Temptation is d- intentionally and deliberately meant to make you stumble yes. and fall. God does not make you stumble no, and fall. Okay. Not at all. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says that when we are going through t- uh, trials, when we are mm-hmm. going through temptation, it is nothing new. It's common to humankind. Like yeah. People are going through it, and God always provides a way out. We know what that way out is, especially with sin like pornography, sexual immorality. What is that way out? Turn off your phone. Yeah. Get out of your room. Yeah. Get out of your restroom. Yeah. What is it with, if you're dating someone you, you uh, struggle with sexual immorality? Don't be alone with them. You can't say the way out is not present to you. Yeah. You just don't want it. Right. You don't you, want to work hard enough for you don't it. Want to, you, oh, I have to walk over yeah. to the door that God has placed so that I can get out of this temptation. God has provided a way out for you, but he doesn't control our free will. Right. And our free will proves us that we are sinners and we need God. And on that note, Hebrews chapter 12 in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. In other words, boy, you can fight harder. Yeah. Right? You're not. If I love you that. If You do not. If you are a believer, you have been saved. And this is convicting for me. If you're a believer, you do not live any longer under the power of sin. In other yeah. words, you do not have to obey it. You do not. Mm-mm. If you did, it's because you chose to. If you did, it's because in that moment you love sin more than you love the Lord. You have to admit that. Yeah. Every time I've ever sinned against the Lord, premeditated or accidental, I have to go, it's because I loved it more. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. The thing is, like, if you're a believer, you're set free. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. indeed. Yeah. I I think I did mention this on a podcast where it's a cell door, right? We're in a cell. Yeah. Okay. Long story short, God set us free. Therefore, the door has been opened where we are no longer bound by the power of sin Mm -hmm. through the power of the Holy Spirit. Every time we sin, we walk back in that cell. Yeah. And we just walk back out. Okay, here's my freedom again. We're walking in. We're walking out. It's never. It, it'll never be that that door gets shut again because just like the word says, whoever the sun sets free is free, is indeed. free indeed. That Absolutely. door will never be shut. You'll never be bound by the power of sin unless you choose to enjoy enjoy it, to indulge in it, to spend more time with it than in your word. Like that's on you at that point if you are a believer. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, it leads us to our last line but deliver us from evil. Wow. I, from my understanding, and I'm not a Greek exegete or a Greek scholar, but from my understanding, a, wor- a way you could word that 
is but be delivering us from evil. Mm. And so really this works in two ways. He has delivered us from evil yeah. and he is delivering us yeah. from evil. And so uh, this is this is that area where we have to we have to get when you, we have so much residue of the old nature within us, that sinful nature within us. Yeah. And so we we need the Lord to be constantly sanctifying us. But yeah. how is he doing it? Well, according to, let me turn to Ephesians 3 really quick. Uh, according to Ephesians 3, Paul says um, that he bows the knee yeah. to God in heaven, that according to the riches of his glory, that he, being God, may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that, in other words, so that mm-hmm. you will be filled with all the fullness of God, mm. right? And I like, let me pull up a comparison. Uh, in the NLT, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Yep. Right? And so what he's saying is if you want to overcome mm-hmm. sin, yeah. then we need to be growing and be being strengthened in order to understand yeah. the vastness of God's love toward us. Yeah. Right? To be delivering us from evil is that we be being overwhelmed with the love of Christ toward us. Yeah. And in response, our love for him yeah. is growing more and more. Is that not essentially what sanctification is? That yeah. we're growing in love toward Christ more than we are sin. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that, like Daniel said, you got to put in the work. Yeah. You got to work against your sin. You got to put in the work. I got a verse for that for those of you who are, think that sanctification is passive. <laughs> uh, uh, hmm. Philippians 2.12. It is very important. So work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for it is God who works in you to will and to work for what pleases him. Yes. Work hard. Work hard. And James 4, 7 says, so humble yourselves before God, resist the mm. devil, and he will flee from you. Yeah. You got to resist. Yeah. You have to resist, man. And I'm, I'm telling you, especially, and I know we keep mentioning pornography, but that's only because that is very very right now yeah it's prevalent it's very very prevalent right now and uh in a lot of people and i know i was captive to that for for many years i know so many people like are just so captive to that it breaks my heart but the thing is it's all about resisting let me let me give some advice really quick to those who may be struggling with pornography or sexual sin it's not that you got into your room and all of a sudden, you got the urge. You had the thoughts yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. You had the thoughts yep. throughout the day. And it could be because of social media or be because of because of your lustful nature and you were looking at a woman the way you shouldn't. But if you don't stop yourself throughout the day, how do you expect to take off a load of desire when you're by yourself in your room? Yeah. When you're going through social media and you see something that you shouldn't. Choose to unfollow it. Find a way to that you won't see it again. You close your eyes. Like, dude, I'm on social media and things pop up. When I see something pop up on social media, my finger has the urge to go back so that I can see it. I what I do is I get out of the app and I close my eyes and I pray. Mm-hmm. And you and I want to give that advice because I see how effective that is. Because all you do is if you give your just a little taste, like, oh look, oh, I saw like she had clothes on, obviously, right? But all you're doing is accumulating so yes. much desire that when you're by yourself at the end of the day in your room and your restroom, there's no way you can do yeah. it. And I think going along with that, um, a guy named John Owen wrote a really big book uh, called Overcoming Sin and Temptation. And he wrote it all on one verse, being Romans eight thirteen, mm. that if by the spirit we put to death the deeds of the body, we shall live mm. or the deeds of the sinful nature. Um, and one thing that he makes very clear is he says, basically, let's say you're struggling with, you know, pornography addiction. That's the thing you want to get over. Right. He says, listen, until you submit everything to Christ, he's not interested in just your sexuality. Yeah. 
He's interested in all of you. Yeah. Which means you give him universal submitting submit mm. submission. Uh, submission or none. Yeah. Right? And in in going off of what you just said. 2 Corinthians 10:5, take every thought captive to obey Christ. Mm. If you are and that's I I mean if you're walking around all day looking at women lustfully, one, yes, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Yeah. But two, you're just feeding that freaking dog, man. Like you are. Stop it. Resist. Yes. You have to learn to resist. Yeah. And that's the thing. Whatever your sin is, the more you scratch it, the worse it gets. If it's yeah. gossip, if it's lying, if it's if it's manipulation, whatever it is, yeah. the more you feed it, the stronger it gets. Do yeah. not. You got to cut off that blood flow. Yeah. You have to. You got it. Right? We're leaving that dude up on the cross again. We yeah. got to go back to that. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah. Uh, deliver us from evil. That's, that's where he, he lands us. And so, with all that being said, we just want to offer you guys like if this is the skeleton right that jesus gives because he says pray then like this how do we take that break it down this is what i would recommend for a lot of you guys get a journal write it down just like that in pieces our father in heaven space hallowed be your name space your kingdom come space you know go through it like that yeah and then under each thing write out different points of meditation, different things to bring up. And then mm. you use that, use that yeah. same note card or that same journal for however long until God has answered those prayers or you feel him driving you in a different direction, leading you in a different direction. Yeah. But really, if you want to be engaged in prayer, you want your heart moved in prayer, I strongly would recommend, and, and not by my own experience, by the experience of 2,000 years worth of praying men, Yeah. use scripture yeah. To warm your heart and guide your prayer life. That's great advice. Yeah, it I is. love that. It is. And you know that you're praying right. Yeah. You're not twisting and bending and, and all this different stuff. Yeah. So that's all I have on prayer. Uh, Gama, you got anything else? That's about it for me. That's I good. Hope, I hope it's uh, served as a blessing for you guys. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, other than that, man, let's let's pray and... <laughs> on prayer yeah, let's pray let's pray and call it a call it a day yep father we're thankful uh again for this podcast lord if if as we just go through this skeleton of prayer and just think about who you are and where you're seated and what you've given us here right lord don't let us take for granted that the even what we consider to be the smallest things are just the things that we've gotten so used to remind us lord that this is miraculous provision from a God in heaven who's using every one of our circumstances for his purposes. Open our eyes with wisdom and discretion uh, and knowledge and understanding into what you're doing. Give us insight into your will, Lord, and give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand what you're doing in our lives in, in even the tiniest measure. Your word tells us that the dice are cast into the lap, and yet the outcome is yours. And so there's no such thing as random. So, Father, let us be intentional in every one of these things and be glorified through that as we walk closer and closer with you in them. We pray this for your name's sake. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. See you all next week. See you all next week.